Hello, I'm Leslie Dudley Corbell, and I'm Diane Doucette Matthews. Welcome to The Mind of a Child. We're so glad you've joined us for today's conversation. We've got another listener question to get into today. So let's just take a moment, take a deep breath, and get going on this. Okay, so I'll read it. The question is, what if the husband and wife don't agree on discipline for the same things? And then after Leslie and I talked about it, we thought it could really be either disciplining for the same things or disciplining the same way. So we're putting that together as one main thought, but it will definitely answer the question. And I think it's important too that we back up a little bit and let's just even talk about foundations of marriage Mm. and conversation and coming together on an issue. And let's kind of talk about some pointers there. And that's really our first step in addressing this question. So foundation. You know, when we when we first had our babies, we started praying for their spouses and wanting them to be, you know, just the perfect spouse for our babies. And one of the things, being a believer, we wanted them to be equally yoked. And so what does that really mean? Why don't you read the scripture that we have for that? Okay, it's 2 Corinthians 6.14. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? We prayed for our children to have a spouse that shared their faith because we know marriage and parenting, they're both difficult. When we pull in our experiences, our just everything, our baggage, that it makes those two things difficult. If you have your faith as your foundation, it just lightens the load. So one of the things that we wanted to talk about was no matter what equal yoke you have, there are going to be differences no matter what. And so the example is, you know, Hank and I, when we got married, we were both Christians. But when it came down to parenting, we would do things differently. You can think about what we also say throughout our podcast, which is that parenting begins in your childhood. And Mm -hmm. so you have each parent bringing in their own parenting experiences of having been parented when they were children, maybe what their parents' perspective on children, children's behavior, the role of the mom, the dad, what all that looks like. There are a lot of beliefs and thoughts people come into the marriage partnership with already established. (laughs) Then you think about, well, how are you going to communicate about that? You know, you are going to have differences, so how should communicate about their differences? I think it's important to get on that same page, you know, Mm -hmm. to really strive towards being on the same page with one another. Discuss what are your goals? Mm -hmm. What is it you both want together? I've heard people say before, well, we can just agree to disagree. Mm. And that's really not a healthy way of entering into this. Mm -mm. It leaves you... Stuck. (laughs) That's right. And then parenting from, you know, the left and the right, and then there's disunity. So I would say that the first thing is to form a similar approach to parenting. And that could be really difficult, Mm -hmm. especially before you have children. But we would say that the goal is unity and to be on the same page. Yeah, and communication. Let's just sit on that for a minute because healthy communication is going to be your friend. You are going to have different perspectives on it and different beliefs. 
But if you can communicate those in a respectful way, and we'll get into this a little bit later, there's going to be your good starting point. Absolutely. And we know that we've talked to some people that are parenting. The parents are in different homes. And so that's a much bigger challenge. Yes, that sure can be. And again, there, this healthy communication and some other tips we're going to get to in a minute should help you, support you with that as well. Mm-hmm. And I've talked to somebody who is dealing with that situation, and you can ask for co-parenting counseling that will help you through those situations. But communication, like we, we yeah. keep saying, is so, so important because you want to be able to bring out the issues and talk about them instead of stuffing them. Stuffing yeah. them is not what you want to do. And then also in this idea of communicating, we know children learn from watching us and listening to us how we communicate to one another and even to the cashier at the store or the barista at the coffee shop. They're listening and learning. It can either be a wake-up call or it can be really comforting. And there's a scripture for that too, Leslie. You want to read that one? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And that is from Psalm 19:14. Yeah. And so we know that that is our goal, to communicate, to be vulnerable, to be honest, communicate respectfully. But we also know that there's a reality out there and that sometimes there's going to be differences. <laughs> and there are going to be other things that are involved in it that then sometimes amplify those differences. And so let's just talk about a little bit about that. Yeah, that was interesting, Just us just brainstorming and thinking, okay, why are there so many differences? And why can marriage and parenting cause some of those to erupt? Yeah, and so one thing I thought of was the stress level mm. can narrow that window of tolerance that you, mm-hmm. that someone may have for a certain behavior. Mm-hmm. There can be a behavior that triggers something, or we talked about the parenting, mm-hmm. in our, begins in our childhood. We may have certain behaviors that we then see in a child that trigger a response in mm-hmm. us or, or a reaction, rather, in us because that's the way it was handled mm-hmm. when we were children. And that window of tolerance, that's real interesting too because someday our window can be wide open and, you know, things don't bother us. Mm-hmm. And then other days that window is so almost closed. So, and it could be like health issues or work or something with relationship or, you know, I even thought about COVID. You know, I think our windows were pretty small <laughs> during COVID, but situations like that can cause our window of tolerance to close Wake up not feeling good one day. Yes. You mentioned health problems. Just even something as small as that, though. Yeah. Maybe that day, just... Mm-hmm. Bad weather. <laughs> Bad <laughs> Those can definitely yeah. affect... Another one is just childhood traumas. They're mm-hmm. so different for each parent. Could be little traumas, big traumas, but they're different mm-hmm. for each one of us. Yeah. We can sometimes overcompensate for one another. Mm-hmm. If my view of you is that you are grumpy, then I'm going <laughs> to try to be extra happy. And Hank and I did this all the time, and we still do this. You know, we'll find ourselves, oh, we're overcompensating right now. You know, and I think it's just the human nature to do that. If one of the parents are being real strict, you know, than the other one, I know, a little bit more lenient. It's so much easier to do these things, as you mentioned, than it is to communicate 
to take a good self-aware look at yourself and just communicate honestly and openly. That is can be so hard yeah. sometimes. It's hard to be vulnerable. Well, and sometimes don't you think that they're unconscious? I yes. mean, sometimes until the awareness is very important, but sometimes it's unconscious and your spouse is really doing your favor by bringing it up and talking about it. Iron sharpening mm-hmm. iron, we really do want to be better. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Another one is just different personalities, different temperaments. We're different. Variety is the spice of life and we're all different. Mm-hmm. So that can be a good thing. Yeah, one person might be more sensitive to sound than the other person. They mm-hmm. can, can turn their ears off a little bit easier and have quiet. Was that an issue for you in your home? I think I can go to my happy place in my head <laughs> and be amidst loudness in certain situations. But then there are certain times when maybe it was hard for me to be around loud noises. I would say for the most part, I can go to my happy place in my head and yeah, not be bothered not at be all bothered. by the hustle and bustle. Yeah, you see, that was an issue at our home. Hank would come home from work and he'd want the radio on or the TV on. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, there's been way too much noise at this house. We need a little bit of quiet. And so we had to work through that. So there's going to be differences there that you need to talk through. And as you said, not just try to stuff it or ignore it or pretend it's not there. Just go ahead and talk about it. Come up with a plan. So different beliefs and experiences and being parented differently. And we have a whole episode on this, parenting styles. Yes. You want to read them off? Authoritarian, of course. The parent really focuses in, is very rigid, Mm -hmm. obedience, punishment. It's my way or the highway. Comes Mm. in with that attitude when I'm going to overpower the child. And there's permissive, which is kind of more of an underpower, a little manipulative. Kids will be kids. Maybe my energy is going to be spent somewhere else. I know that they'll turn out all right. (laughs) (laughs) I used to have uh, had a group of friends that would, um, or acquaintances really, and I remember them saying, it's best if I just don't know what they're doing. And I was like, well, yeah, not really. <laughs> that might not work. Yes. <laughs> What's mm. the other? The authoritative. Yeah. Which is a good balance. Just loving relationships and good training and good disciplining techniques. And I think that's what our goal is. And then another one that's kind of been added through the last 20, 30 years, I'm not sure how many years, but just the dismissive mm. parent or the uninvolved parent. So, neglectful. Neglectful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so those are the four. Maybe yeah, something y'all could talk about. Just a jumping off point for conversation. That mm-hmm. would be, yeah, very helpful. Mm-hmm. And so what's that Paul David Tripp quote? It's really the authoritative parenting. To me, it fleshes it out a bit, parenting with a discipling heart. What could be more important in all of life than the shaping of a human soul to be God's tool mm. for the forming of the heart of a real, actual, living, breathing human being? And that's what parenting is. That almost gets a lump in my throat, you know, because that's what we're trying to do. And we can't do that. We added, when you and I were talking, I remember we kind of laughed about it, but we talked, we can't do that until we have a disciplined heart ourselves. Yes. And then we can be present. So let's answer their question. We kind of set it up with what we think is some key important pieces of it. Let's do some do's and don'ts. Okay. What should we not do in the situation when parents aren't disciplining the same way? And I'm sure some of these are just obvious, but, well, you wouldn't correct your spouse in front of the child or pick up your child and take them out of the room or wherever you are and, you know, just prance off. That wouldn't be a good thing to do. 
or say something like, now, don't you listen to what your mother or father is saying right now. So you just wouldn't want to cause a scene right there in front of the spouse that's doing something that you don't agree on doing. Don't roll your eyes. Oh, I mean, that's a good one. You know, side <laughs> eyes. Yeah, but I agree. Don't, you know, refrain from those disparaging remarks is a big one. Yeah. Because again, remember here, children learn how to treat other people by watching mm-hmm. how you treat other people. And so we don't want to dishonor that. We want to be make sure that we're teaching and modeling what we want to teach and model. So, so what basically refrain from any kind of overreaction. So yes, what should we do in this situation? Pray, breathe, mm-hmm. bring this sense of calm into mm-hmm. the moment, bring that grace into the moment that can help um, you're going to have internal upset arising in you at that mm-hmm. moment. And so you want to bring that down and realize then that you're introducing calm and peace into the moment in case there are other people involved in the interaction that are getting amped up as well. That's right. So you're trying to de-escalate the situation. Absolutely. Bring calm and peace. So de-escalating by your body position and even your facial expressions so, deep yeah, deep breath breaths. and pray. And a lot of times you can't do that in and of yourself. You do need to ask the Lord to help you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but just try to get through that moment. So the next thing would be after the situation, what are some things we should do? I would say continue on with what you're doing, whatever mm-hmm. is coming up next. Yeah. Whether you're cooking dinner, the responsibilities at hand. Let yeah. it rest mm-hmm. for a moment. Spend some time in prayer reflection of the moment, what your role in that was, what would be a helpful role for others in that moment, and really try to just take a good objective assessment of it. And I was even thinking, thinking about what would have been a, I don't want to say correct, because it might not be the correct, but a better way of what you think that situation could have gone, and you've taken an an assessment of it, (laughs) It may be helpful to go write it down, pray and ask the Lord. You know, if journaling's helpful for you, it is for me. But maybe write it down and think about it. And it may be a day, maybe two days, but really get a clear mind about it, but also have a clear heart about it. And I've seen over and over and over again, just the time just being perfect. It's like, okay, Diane, this is it. Yeah. Speak. <laughs> and I will throw in there too, and I think you said this too, but I just want to emphasize it again, is for the Holy Spirit to give you the words in that mm-hmm. moment. That's right. And that can be a prayer every day. And so then when that moment does occur, you're really, so it's more spirit-led and not self-led. That's it's right. It's not coming from you from a position of judgment or mm-hmm. frustration or anything in your control. It really is a spirit-led, honest, vulnerable conversation. And you've thought about it. You know, so you've really considered and asked, God help me, what is the right perspective here? Like, because, you know, there were many times I was wrong in the situation also. Give us truth here. Give us truth. What's the truth that's in the situation? And I want to go ahead and bring this in to this idea that within that Mm -hmm. idea of what you observed, make a point of seeing the big picture. Mm -hmm. What does your the other parent bring to the moment that is so helpful and so good and so nurturing for the child? Mm-hmm. So you don't get over-focused on one thing. Mm-hmm. 
but they see the big picture and that can help with your perspective and mm-hmm. so that you are able to come into in a position of grace and also in a position of problem solving together of one thing. Yeah, and have on your listening ears a good conflict resolution tool that Hank and I have used a lot using the term the story I'm telling myself is. It can be used in all kinds of situations, but in a parenting situation, and actually I wrote down some examples, and they may apply, they may not apply, but it may give you an idea of what this would look like. The story I'm telling myself is I'm the bad parent and you're the fun parent, or I'm the mean parent and you're the fun parent. Then I tell myself I'm mean and nobody wants to be around me. And so you're very vulnerable you're opening up, and then that's where the conversation can start. So you can see maybe what happened in the situation before of what took place, mm-hmm. and then the conversation is open. Or it could be reversed, or it could say, the story I'm telling myself is I'm the fun parent and you're the mean parent. The kids aren't going to want to play with you anymore, and that scares me. You could use that as a tool that you're not pointing your finger at your spouse, but you're really honestly giving a scenario that could be the story you really are telling yourself. That is a good tool and a good script to, to mm-hmm. look at. And I can think, you know, of scripts out there. I know there are resources for conflict resolution, and mm-hmm. they all involve owning your own perception right. and owning your own feelings about it and refraining from things like that start with you. You do this or you you always, you know, refraining mm. from comments that start out with you do this or you always, but as you're suggesting, making it more about your own experience mm-hmm. of it. This is hard for me because mm-hmm. complete the sentence, whatever it might be. It's helped us a lot. And I think the last thing to remember about that thing is you cannot control anybody in the way they behave. But if you've prepared and you want a conversation to take place, and you've invited your spouse to take place in this conversation, and they don't allow it, that's a little red flag. And that may be when it's time to ask for wise counsel. It doesn't have to be an extreme case to ask for wise counsel. You know, you can always do that. Ask it for you or ask for someone to come in. I mean, that's what we're here for, is to to help one another. Absolutely. And and kind of piggybacking on that idea of you can't control other people, you can only control yourself. Mm -hmm. It's important in that conflict resolution idea, you know, relationship is two people, Mm -hmm. right? So if you can't change the other person, if you grow in that moment and really, as we've been suggesting, reflect on it, pray, be in the spirit, the other person has to change because you've changed the pattern of interactions by you changing. They have to change one way or the other. That's right. And, you know, that's the the verse that says, do not grow weary of doing what is good because there's going to be good coming out of it. Because sometimes, you know, even with all this conversation and with conflict resolution, sometimes there are instances where it's not going to be resolved maybe because the other person's refusal or unwillingness to do that, to change or to see it differently. And so I think it's important to have faith and trust in God's plan for you, for your child, for their growth and development and His timing. I'm 
so thankful to the person that brought this question to us. So communication, that's at the top of the list. Communicate respectfully, study up on some communication skills if those are something that you would like to get some more support with. How do you communicate in a healthy way and come into the conversation with those tools? Pray, ask to be led in the spirit. And remember, you can only change yourself. You can't change other people. Work on your relationship with your spouse because willingness comes from relationship. And so is there something there that could be worked on? Being a united front is your goal. It's not always the reality, but that is our goal. So maybe having a conversation about what is it you want for your children. Don't parent from a place of we can agree to disagree. Find the things you agree on and build that platform and work from there. Seek counsel sooner than later. Don't be ashamed or afraid to reach out and ask for help. You're not alone with this. We've heard from many, many moms and dads. And I'm gonna come back to it again and say pray. Pray for your spouse, pray for your children, and pray for yourself in that moment. Lord, we just pray right now. And we pray for all those that are listening, that you would speak to them and give them wisdom and discernment on what they need to do next if they need to invite wise counsel into their lives. And we just thank you for the wise counsel that we've gotten. Thank you for this time. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening. Check out our Instagram at themindofachildpod, or you can email us at themindofachildpodcast at gmail.com. This episode of The Mind of a Child is brought to you by Duncan and Stone, makers of keepsake journals that help you capture your family's favorite memories. With simple guided prompts and plenty of space for photos, and I took so many pictures of my kids, Duncan and Stone's journals help you easily organize life's special moments. As a mother of two, I know how quickly time flies, and I really thought I'd remember everything that happened. I wish so badly that something like this existed when my children were growing up. One of my absolutely favorite products of Duncan and Stone is their Dear Son and Dear Daughter journals. These journals help you pray over your child each year while also capturing your favorite memories together so that by the time they turn 18, you have an entire childhood worth of memories all stored in one place and not all over the house. Not only are Duncan and Stone's journals beautifully designed, I love the cream one especially. They're also heirloom quality, meaning everything about them was chosen to last for generations. You can check out all of Duncan and Stone's products online at duncanandstone.com or follow the link in the show notes. Now, back to the show.